hear is singer-songwriter, broadcaster, audio-video artist, entertainment agent, and your host for the Dharmic Evolution. It's the master storyteller himself, James Kevin O'Connor. Hey, welcome back. Got a special treat for you today. Have you been to the Canary Islands? Oh man, I've never had someone from Spain. Technically, this lady is from Spain, but she lives in Tenerife, and that's in the Canary Islands, which are situated in the Atlantic, and they're between Morocco and Western Sahara on the south side. And um, just, um, I don't know how many miles uh, east or west of um, the coast of Africa, but I'm excited for this. I've never had anybody from Spain on this show. This is a first, and what a first. What an exceptional talent we have with us today. She's an 18-year-old singer, and she just released her second album. It's an EP called Alice is in Love with the Mad Hatter. (laughs) It includes five songs that have a unique approach to the playful world of Alice in Wonderland, inspired by the books applying their messages to our modern world. This young songwriter has been working on this EP for over a year while collaborating with wonderful musicians, including her dad. You better strap up your seatbelts because we're taking a ride today on the Dharmic Evolution from the Music City with Luna Keller. Luna Keller, welcome to the Dharmic Evolution. Hello, thanks for having me. I uh, I think you're the first person I've ever had on the show from Spain, which gives me such delight to have um, because we've been in a lot of countries. So when I have somebody from a place I've never been before with the show, I just love it. So uh, uh, really delightful um, to have you on the show. And I love your music and what you've been doing with your career in such a short period of time. Thank you. It's a lovely place to live and a lovely place to make music too. Now, where are you in Spain? Are you in this, because I didn't check you out on the map. Um, and what town is it in that you're in? I'm um, actually, I'm in Tenerife. So I'm on the Canary Islands, which are like oh. in front of the African coast. Yeah. And actually we're in a different time zone than the rest of Spain. So we're a bit special. But uh, yeah, I'm Tenerife. It's Tenerife and I'm, I live in a very small town called Chio, close to the forest. It's a Finca. Um, the good thing it's very quiet, so it's great for recording. So yeah, so you said Ch- Chinio, is that correct? Chio. Oh, Chio. How do you spell that? It's C H uh, I with a like accent O. Okay, I got to check it. I love geography and reading maps, so I got to check that out. Um, oh, so small town. <laughs> small towns are wonderful. So you um, you're in a different time zone, meaning like, what is it in relationship to like you and Howard? Two different two from Madrid. So We're or? an hour earlier than the rest of Europe than the rest of Spain. Oh, okay, okay. Wow, the Canary Islands. How? magical and mystical is that that is really really cool <laughs> so i want to congratulate you on your new album by the way um Thank i was you. checking it out this morning and really just love what you're doing the imagination and the creativity that goes into this is um so special you remind me a bit of alana morissette alanis morissette are you familiar with her Oh yes, that's that's a huge compliment. Thank you. She's amazing. Yeah, well, uh, you you kind of occupy that same wheelhouse of very different, very brave, and you know you're just committed to 
what you're doing. And I hear a lot of um, just animation in your songs and just like really wonderful things. So, um, so what got you started on this path? So different, right? <laughs> well, I mean, I always say it's really hard for us artists to actually like compare or analyze our music. When people ask me what genre you're in or who do you sound like? I'm always like, I don't know. I just, I'm don't just you hate me. that? I know. I know. <laughs> it's, it's No, it's not like bad that people ask that. It's actually useful to know who you sound like. But I feel like often people say, how do you like fit into this genre? How do you start in this genre? How do you start doing this music? And I'm just like, it's, it's not music. It's just the way I like to make music. And there's so many influences that have brought me where I am without me even knowing it. I started writing music at a pretty young age. When I was 14, I learned to play the guitar so I could actually start writing songs on the guitar. And I just started telling stories and I felt this inspiration and I felt how I could put my emotions into the music and how it helped me too as a person, not only as a musician. And it's just me. It's just what I feel and what I do and my own style. I don't really know what brought me on the path. I could talk about my parents they they're both making music too and they're definitely a huge influence I could talk about so many great musicians that I love and so many experiences that I had I've been to Ireland for three and a half months when I was 15 and that gave me loads of folk inspiration that I think definitely comes through a bit in my music but it's really hard to tell like what is the thing that started or that put me on this path yeah <clears throat> you um Let's, let's give everybody a sample just so they know what we're talking about here. And this is uh, Alice is in love with the Mad Hatter. Alice is in love with the Mad Hatter, do you know? The Red Queen got the news yesterday and now they're running far away. Alice is in love with the Mad Hatter, do you know? They're from two worlds and absolutely mad But being crazy isn't always bad They're one step away from reality They know how to count an infinity They're the craziest couple in history And they know How to build up a castle with their dreams How to move down the walls and be free They rely on each other completely They're in love let them be just as crazy as they should be Just as mad as we all are when we are in love Can't you see nothing can stop their victory The war is over, mad love beats hate and logic Who needs logic? They brought warmth into a cold world Changed it all with a single word Alice is in love with the Mad Hatter, do you know? They build up their own universe Between a chorus and the birds You
special and really cool alice is in love with the mad hatter so can you uh set this up for our audience so they know where you're coming from on this well it's actually funny because i recorded the acoustic version of that song for youtube today and i had to talk about it and i was thinking and um, for me it's a metaphor so mm -hmm. alice alice in wonderland are great books great films and the story is about this girl and she lives in the society and she has this frame around her and she realizes that she doesn't want to be a part of this frame that there are things that she enjoys and things she wants to do and her madness that she wants to live that don't really fit in and through wonderland and through the mad hatter she kind of learns to embrace those things and love those things and i think that's wonderful it's so powerful and so beautiful and what I wanted to do with the song is to apply that to the world. So basically it's about saying, okay, I'm in love with my inner child. I'm in love with the things that make me unique, that make me special, and I embrace them. And the song is really just a way to celebrate that. If you embrace your inner Mad Hatter, if you love without fear and do what you want and really get to be who you want to be, then that can not be beaten by anything. That's everything. And that, that's really just a song. It's, it's Alice is in love with the Mad Hatter. Yeah, and, and it kind of transcends um, any age, too, which music has a way of doing. And uh, bringing story like that to it, it's like, uh, you know, it keeps you young. It keeps, you, it keeps that innocence flowing through your life, which is really cool. Hey, I wanted mm -hmm. to ask you about your accent, because was now the Canary Islands is, was that a British colony? Because I'm detecting some kind of uh, accent that's not really Spanish with you. So, well, the Canary Islands were always a Spanish colony. Oh, they, they were, were okay. Conquered by Spain, but my my cultural background is really mixed because my family's from Germany. My parents moved here when I was six months old, okay. so I grew up speaking German and Spanish, and then I learned English as my third language. And my English is a mixture of loads of American movies that I've seen, my time in Ireland and my British friends. So it's all over the place. I don't really know where it comes from. So you got a little, you've got a very unique sound because I couldn't pinpoint it. I thought it was a bit British, but then I hear a, little, a touch of Irish in there too. So, uh, so how long were you in Ireland? It was three and a half months. It was this really cool scholarship uh, project where I got to go to school there and live in a host family. And I was in this really nice little town called New Ross. And I remember 
getting there the first day and they have a very strong accent. I thought I knew English, but I didn't really need some time <laughs> to understand them. And I think it definitely left left a little bit on my accent. I, I definitely got used to that. It doesn't take long, does it? Spent a little time <laughs> with those not. Irish and I'll have you in the confessional in no time. <laughs> so uh, that must have been, yeah, it's like, it's such a strong thing. It's almost like um, it's it's very addictive too. Like you spend time around people, you know, from from the Emerald Isle and you just can't help but uh, kind of take on the brogue a little bit. Um, did that seem to influence you as a songwriter being there? Did you take away anything from the culture and socially that, that kind of stayed with you? Definitely. Um, as I said, folk, I wasn't really someone who listened to a lot of folk before. Now it's like my main genre of music yeah. that I love listening to. I discovered many bands. I wasn't really familiar with the Lumineers, which are one of my favorite bands now and definitely a big influence. And I know they're not Irish, but it was in Ireland that I actually got to got to listen to them. And the culture there is so rich musically. Like, yeah. you, I would have just been walking through this little town and I'd just meet a guy with his dog and I'd be like, oh, cute dog. And he's like, I play the banjo. Okay. And the next day we'll just be sitting in some pub playing music together. And I was like, how wonderful is that? <laughs> I got to know great groups of people that write songs together. There was like this little group called Make a Change and they would meet two times a week and just make music. And all of that was definitely a huge influence for me. It was a beginning. Ireland was a place I started busking, which was my first kind of stage experience with my original music. And I definitely wouldn't be making the music that I'm right now without all of those influences. So you are a collaborator now, which I picked up on, um... On, on some of your sites and some of your uh, your bio and so forth. So your dad is into music. Um, so he he works with you like in production and so forth. Is that correct? Yeah, my dad is, is one of the main reasons I can record my music and the quality that I do because he used to work in the music business and he had the home studio before I actually got into music. So he's a huge support. He does loads of the arranging, loads of the recording. I will write my songs on my guitar and my voice and I will bring them in the studio and then we will work together from there with all the arrangement and everything. And we have a third person in the team, uh, Uli van Muller. He's in Germany. He's an old friend of my dad and he's a really great producer and mixer that mixes all our tracks. And he also gives us input and it's teamwork. I'm a big fan of teamwork. I think there's always new perspectives that other people can bring to your art that you would have never thought of. I'm glad you brought that up. It's so important. And, and for you to realize the value of that at such a young age and have this experience, um, um, let's talk about that just for, for a minute. Um, and I want to circle back to your, to your co-writing too, because that's really important too. But, but building teams, I think, is so, um, is so critically important for that piece that is so elusive to so many people. And I don't think um, a lot of us like really know how to embrace that. I mean, for years I was too stubborn. I was like self-producing and things like that. And you know, budget budget concerns too. But, but once I finally got the chance to work with a real producer and it was in Los Angeles many years ago, and I was just shocked. I came away like, wow, this is the way it's really done. You know, when you have a skilled producer and the skilled engineer, like both working. And then, you know, I mean, some some producers are great engineers and that's a given, but they're giving up like 
I took my eye off the ball with the writing and the arrangement. This bridge needed work because I'm, I'm tinkering around with EQs and things, you know. So, so mm-hmm. I think it's so valuable for those who have not had a chance um, to go out if you get a chance you know, do what Luna has done and put a team together and just, you'll, you'll just, you'll go so far with your music, so much farther than you ever thought. Um, tell me about you as far as um, writing with other people. When did it start for you? Because I get the sense, like you said, you like teams. So it, I bet you've had a lot of, you know, really rewarding experiences working with other writers, no? Definitely, definitely. I'm, what you said is 100% true and everything you do, especially in art, working with more people and people that actually know what they're doing in the different stages of production is so valuable. And writing with people is very valuable too, because as a songwriter, you kind of get used to certain things that you do a certain way. And when you write with someone else, you get a new perspective on songwriting and it makes you grow as a songwriter and you create something that you wouldn't have created on your own, something different, something really good. I've been writing with people for a relatively long time, not as much on the songs that you can hear. There's actually only one song I've published so far that I co-wrote with a friend of mine, which is I Don't Know Where I'm Going. I wrote that with Pablo Hare. Um, the rest ones are all me, but I'm currently working on some collaborations to record and I've written a lot as a hobby just. In Ireland, I started a lot of my of my co-writing. One of my first uh, co-writing experiences, probably most of them were there. None of the songs that I've recorded, but many people just to sit down and have fun and write a song together with. And right now, um, my next release on the 20th of this month is a co-written song with Eric Bay, a wonderful artist from from England, um, we wrote a song together, he wrote me, and we just sent snippets from one place to another we've never actually met. And it turned out great. I'm really, really proud. I'm currently writing a song of someone from the States. So I'm looking forward to do more of that also in my discography, because it's been something that I've been doing for a long time. And that makes a song so much, I wouldn't really say better, because you can write good songs alone, but it gives you a new perspective. And it makes you, it's like, it's enriches, is that a word? I think that's a word. Yeah. It makes it like a richer color, richer texture. You get different ideas and you grow with every time you write with someone, definitely. Yeah, sometimes like you had said at the beginning of, of the statement that you just made is, um, you know, we get caught up in like habits. Like, you know, I always go to uh, this inversion on a G major or something. And it's it's great to break out of that and just say, maybe I wouldn't even have a guitar for this and let somebody else play piano or anything, you know, and just let me attack it from a different angle. You know, it's like, wow, the, exactly. I, now I'm just focused on the melody and the structure. I'm not even thinking chords, you know, because really when the song's done, nobody cares about what chord you're using. It's, it's irrelevant, you know. So you mentioned a song, uh, I Don't Know Where I'm Going. So let's play that for everybody. Here we go. Here's Luna. Three thousand miles from home Trying to say That I will get there soon Thirty days I walk down this way Singing my madness to the moon I met a cat on a tree And it talked to me 
about things we don't see I asked it, how do I know which is the right way to go To get me home And it said, don't look for a reason, don't look for another way Cause anyway we'll get you home You can't get lost if you don't know where you go And anyway we'll get you That was just amazing. I don't know where I'm going. And you started with this thing. Talking to a cat, did I hear? <laughs> well, actually, that's inspired. The Alice EP is, is obviously inspired in Alice in Wonderland. And there's right. this one scene where she talks to a Cheshire cat. Okay. And it's like on a tree. I don't know if, you've, if you're familiar with the whole books and everything. But she no. actually asks the cat, where, where should I go? And the cat asks her, where do you want to go? And... Alice says, I don't know. And then she says, well, then it doesn't really matter where you want to go. Yeah. And that was kind of the scene that inspired the song. That's why I mentioned that I met a cat on the tree. <laughs> but the message and the takeaway is really just that you don't have to have it all figured out. And yeah. it's okay to be on your way and to, to work through things and to not always be there and not always be perfect. Yeah, I got this sense good. after listening to it that it's... Um, it's all about, you know, almost like self-observation and present state of mind. Like wherever you are, you're home, you know. So if I woke exactly. up on the floor and like I'm wherever I am, I'm home. You know, you have your music, you have everything you need really with you. So, uh, yeah, that was very, very entertaining. Really, really great. Um, so what do you do on the Canary Islands in your home um, as far as 
like fun? Like when you're not doing music, like what do you like to do that socially, friends, working out, anything, anything in particular? Well, the Canary Islands have beautiful natural reserves. I really like to go hiking once in a while because it clears your head. I actually can just, there's like free hiking trails that start when I look out of the window because I'm really close to, to the whole area. So definitely to go hiking and to, to explore that. I really like to go to the, to the city, um, the capital city and going to the cinema. I think that's like a very typical thing that everyone does. Yeah. But what's more specific to the island is definitely the natural spaces and um, beaches, definitely. Although I think people that live here don't go to them as much. They're mostly belong to the tourists because when you have the opportunity to go to the beach every single day, if you'd like to, then they're not special anymore. Right, uh, it's right. still a good way. It's still a place, good place to meet. And what's definitely very unique to Tenerife is we have the second largest carnival in the world. I went last weekend. Um, I go every year, which is so much fun. Everyone just got their costumes on and the streets of the main city are full of music. And it's, it's really fun. Wow, the second largest carnival in the world? I would have never imagined yeah. that. In, in After Rio de Janeiro. Wow, the... that's crazy. Um, it's but, huge. But it's, it's such a, I know I've seen the photos and everything. I've never visited, but I, I just, you know, can imagine and have seen the beauty of where you live. Um, warm all year round? You guys are like, you guys are on the... I forget what parallel you're on, but you're on, you know, like you don't, you don't get winters there or you don't get winters. Not real winters. Like you no, get, you like, get those make-believe winters. <laughs> yeah. Like we, we just, we're just going to like, we, we don't look out of the window to choose if we're going to wear winter clothes. We look at the calendar because otherwise we don't get to wear them. Yeah. You'll see people with very hot weather wearing very warm clothes just because it has to be winter. We insist, but it really isn't. The temperature well, okay, there is a north side of the island where the clouds kind of get caught up a bit more. You might have a little bit more of rain in winter. Right. Um, but it doesn't really get super cold. We do have the highest mountain in Spain on the island, so there is some snow in winter on that sometimes. Yeah. But it's more because of the altitude, not with the weather, really. Right. Yeah. Um, I get the sense that you've dug into a little bit of poetry and you'd like to read. Am I right on that? That's definitely right. I yeah. I've lately haven't had as much time to read as I would like to, but definitely yeah. Yeah. It's it's a funny thing at the trade-off between reading and writing. When you're a writer, you have, you know, um you have these spurts of where you go through and I I've no time to do anything but write because I have to get all my other stuff in life in there, you know. And that requires spending time alone sometimes and just being very introspective. And then there's uh, there's these seasons where you just read a lot too. Do you feel that you go that way or do you, or do you just have a way to put that's, it all together at once? Well, that's pretty accurate. I think it depends a lot. I have like, definitely, yeah, phases is the right words. Like sometimes I'm a really quick songwriter. I've written about 400 songs by now wow sometimes i'll just have a day where i write three songs because i just feel like it yeah. not to say that they're all good some of them are terrible right <laughs> let's be honest but i i write a lot so i have maybe i have like a week where i just write three songs every day and i'm super and then the next week i write one song and i've spent more time watching series going for walks reading books and and doing other stuff i think it depends a lot on the place you are at the moment because Writing, songwriting for me is a very 
personal and emotional thing. My songs come from a very deep place and a very personal place. So depending on where I am emotionally, I will be capable of digging in there and actually writing. Or I would say, okay, I'm going to have to leave myself alone right now because I'm not up to this. I'm going to do something else and maybe yeah. consume some good books or some good music instead of creating something. Yeah. Do you find that you, like writing to me is such a, um, it's such a treasured and special gift that I, I seem to approach it only like I have to feel really good because I don't want to tarnish the, the process, you know, sort of like I don't want to go to it with like, mm a half a tank of gas. I want to be like like really jazzed up and really excited and just, you know, open up all the notebooks and, and just like say, okay, I feel really great. Um, that's not, you know, always the case. That's sort of a scheduled thing because sometimes you just have a burst of inspiration and you're, mm. you're sitting there playing something and a riff comes to you and then all of a sudden, you know, you get the knock on the door, hey, there's a new song being born without you even knowing it. You know, it's like 10 minutes that's, later yeah. and it's like, well, wait, wait a minute. I've already, I've already got the intro. I've already got like the chorus. Let me just finish it. You know, mm. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's Definitely. a fun, fun process, isn't it? It's like, um, you know, I've been writing for you know a, quite a bit longer than you. Um, I don't think I I consider myself prolific, but not like like you're saying. That's crazy prolific. But uh, but I feel like this the emotion of finishing a song is still the same all these years. It's like when you finish a song, it's like, I just got the greatest Christmas present. You know, it's like, this is awesome. You know, it just gives that rush again. It's like, man, I don't know what's going to happen when we hit the studio with it, but it just feels really good right now, you know? And and then you start to shape it. When and, it does, you know, when it does. When sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> sometimes yes. you finish a song and you just, um, I don't know, maybe you don't, but sometimes I finish a song and I'm just like, okay, let's just forget that happened and move on right. because that wasn't really good. But, but sometimes, yes. like, do, do you find that, like, years later, like, I've had this happen to me where it hasn't happened too often where I've where I've fused together um, two songs because they didn't work by themselves, but I liked what was going on lyrically or something, and I just melded them together, and, and that, that worked out really good. Or you have something you wrote a long, long time ago, and it came back... And you approach it now with a more mature vision because you're like, maybe you're a little bit older. You've had some other experiences that say, I can bring a different lens to this now, you know? And because I don't think anything's ever wasted. Like you were saying, we all write bad songs. How do you get to the good ones? You write a lot of bad ones, but they mm. teach you something, you know, like definitely on definitely, that journey. Yeah. I, I think that's that's true. Like, no song is wasted. I remember, I think it was an interview with Ed Sheeran and I saw, and he was like, just write three songs a day. It doesn't matter if they're good. You'll get there and you'll learn. <laughs> and I was like, yes, Ed, that's right. Um, because with every song you write, you discover something. Like, maybe I wrote a song that I really don't like, but I found this one chord progression in that song that I might use for another song in the future. Sometimes I'll maybe write three songs and then combine them. Like, every song is different, and it's all a journey. I mean, I can't speak of as much experience as you do, but for me, I have songs I wrote when I was 13, 14, like one of my first songs, more like 14. And I have, I all record them on my phone. I yeah. have these recordings of me when I was a really bad guitar player singing really out of tune, these, these like first songs. And there's some of them that I listen to and I'm like, wow, this is actually not as bad as I thought. I could do something or I could take something away. And 
you learn from yourselves and you learn from the progress. I think it's really important not to beat yourself up or to get obsessed with this one song that you couldn't write or that you wanted to write, but that didn't really turn out the way it did. But instead to actually say, okay, I'm learning. The next song will be better. And then when you write a song that's really good, you, just as you said, you get this euphoria. You're like, yes, I want to share this with the world. This is amazing. Yeah. And it's a process. It's got its ups and downs. It's everything. What, what you just described, I just did that um, literally two days ago. I started going through, I have all these recorders, little ones, you know. And um, for the last couple of records I did, I said, I'm not going to try to write a whole song. I'm just going to say, I'm going to sit down for 30 to 45 minutes or maybe if it goes an hour and just whatever I come away with, it's just like throwing the, the line in the water every day, you know, and I'll just, mm -hmm. I'll put the notes down and I'll record two, three minutes of it. And then you go back and like you said, you listen to it and go like, wow, this is like, yeah, all right, forget about the stuff that you're not going to use, but all of a sudden there'll be a few that come in that you go, this has an, a presence and an energy and a, and a vibe and a personality to it wow, I can do something with this. Like you just get like mm -hmm. excited about it because it's like, I found something here. I found a couple of these where, but you don't remember it because it's like you just keep moving on to the next thing, especially if you write a lot of material, you know? It's exciting. Yeah. Very exciting, the whole process of songwriting. So you're always searching, searching yeah. for something you haven't done before, searching for a new perspective, a new way to tell a story. Yeah. And when you find it, it's a wonderful gift. I think in general, songwriting is such a gift. I'm so grateful that I get to songwrite and to put my feelings into songs. It's one of the most wonderful things on this world. And I'm not really a person, I can sit down and say I'm going to write a song, but most of the time I'll just be like, okay, I need to write a song. I read right. this, this really good book. Um, I don't know if you know it. It's, I think songwriters talking about songwriting. And it's all of these very famous songwriters. It's a pretty big book. Um, talking about how they write songs. And one of them said they ha that their head is like a radio. And when they hear something they don't know, then they've written a song. And I think right. that, that kind of applies to me. I just always have music in my head. And sometimes it's music that I don't know yet. And then I'll just write a song. And I can't really choose the moment. And most of my, my best songs have really just come from that. It's just like the moment. That's why the LSEP was so different. Because I actually approached it saying, I want to write a concept EP about Alice in Wonderland and then I had to actually sit down and say I'm going to write this song and that was very new for me when I wrote it I actually wrote it like before Ireland years ago and it has only come out recently but for me the songs are older and it was new then and it definitely opened opened my mind to a very different aspect of songwriting too yeah I think a lot of the process is like songs that you're about to write <clears throat> which haven't been written yet, um, you've already been writing them in your subconscious. Like you, you come up with thoughts, like we all do this, we, and we're thinking about mm -hmm. some specific and subject, and it, it'll, it'll fall away temporarily, but then it keeps coming back. And then it's like you, you kind of ponder on it, and it's amazing how your subconscious works, even in your sleep. You're, you're, you're writing songs, and they don't manifest themselves with paper and, and, and pen yet, but then they do come out you know, which is kind of cool. Hey, how about we play the the, uh, the two chord song? I think people need to hear that. Okay, let's play the two chord song.
this would happen again Then you showed up I screamed that I was tired of last little game Till you made me shut up Dinosaurs are birds and birds are free Like dinosaurs with more life we could be in our own universe Away from the system and bend our own religion Divide infinity in two and it's still the same Only you could understand Let's create a world without sex For anyone but ourselves Just you and me We could be Watching the sunset and the stars Building a solar park on Mars Change the world It shouldn't hurt and I just wanna be mad about you And you could be mad about me We could be mad together And we, we could play this two-part song Symbolism always wrong It doesn't have to be forever We could turn the world around Make it turn the other way Saying everything without a word to say In our own two chords wasn't it luna yes only two chords <laughs> great uh, about very hard chords to play on the guitar they're like very weird yeah <laughs> this is me like when i wrote this song i well i still um i don't think i know my whole fretboard i'm a bit embarrassed to say this but if it comes to the higher frets i still have to think about which note it is right because i kind of just have something in my head and i'll just put my fingers until it sounds right now i'm better at it but back then it was a lot like that and those two chords were just me putting my fingers in a weird position somewhere in the seventh fret and it sounded nice <laughs> and then it kind of worked but yes it's only two chords and it's we had to put a lot of effort into the production to make that interesting, but I think that we managed. There's elements in it, like the claps that you hear. Yeah. There's actually a deck of cards on a CD that I just I thought repeatedly. there was something interesting. I said, what is that? I thought it was, and then I said, can't be clapping. That was really cool. What a mm -hmm. good effect. And nice. those of things like the kind of synthesizer as are actually sung and then we cropped out the breathing. So we had loads of fun in the studio with this one. Yeah. And we got a little crazy. And it grew from this two-chord song to this 
I think it's the most complex song on, on the EP in the end from the arrangement. Right. And we're I'm really, really happy with it. And it's very personal too, because it was one of the first love songs I ever wrote for my boyfriend. So I kind of have the feeling that it grew with our relationship because I wrote it when we were like two months into our relationship and now we're over three years in our relationship. And the song turned from the simple thing into this big song and we turned from this very young people to actually having a pretty adult relationship. So that's it's, awesome. It's a nice one. Yeah. You know, those those little surprises that you, you can come up with in the studio, like just doing something wacky. I remember bringing... My, my niece, she was like, I don't know, she was three years old or something. She had one of those like little tiny kid pianos. It was like this, this big, you know, <laughs> it's like where you had to sit down. So I brought it in the studio when I was doing an album and I wanted to play the intro. <laughs> it was only like four or five notes to a song on it. And I remember the engineer, the owner, like walking around it three times. And he finally turns to me, he goes, I don't know how to mic this thing. <laughs> you know, it's like... But figure it out, Don, figure it out. And, and we did, and we had a lot of fun with it. Um, <laughs> that sounds like a really hard thing to mic, but I agree, it's, it's yeah. fun to have those elements in there. Like, and we're all mad here, we used a teacup to make some percussions and stuff like that because it's a Madhouse tea party. And yeah. it's fun to play around with those kind of different elements because then people, not, most people won't really notice it, but some people like you will listen and say, hey, what is that? Yeah, and they won't be really able to figure it out because it's something you would usually not use in a studio, and it's so much fun because when I, you hear it, you're smiling. You're like, "Ha ha, I did that!" Yeah, <laughs> I I love being able to play like odd things. Like I found these old pieces of steel in my garage one time, and I took these two metal pieces and I was playing like ding 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 ding, and it was like it sounded like a train coming. But I was actually, I had to like sync it to, like I said, I got to get this right to the metronome so it makes sense. But, you know, being able to physically play the things rather than just pulling up mm -hmm. loops all the time, there's something about, you know, putting your hands on the instruments and, and creating something unique is really, really fun, you know? Um, and not only, not only yourself, I think there is a big difference between an instrument that has been programmed and an instrument that has been played. Yeah. I like all the instruments that you hear on my songs to have actually been played by a human being because I think it has a much more organic feel that fits my kind of music more. Whilst if you have like a drum computer that programmed drums, it will never have the same feeling as a drummer playing it. Yes. This might be not an opinion that everyone shares, but it's like my personal opinion. No, I'm with you on my that. Music. Yeah, I'm with you on that about, you know, the feel of a great drummer can, can make or break a song because, you know, they're always you know, either leading or lagging the beat, depending on where the, the pocket is, you know, the energy mm -hmm. is. And once everybody locks into that, there's there's nothing quite like it, you know, and it's, it's very hard to emulate that on, um, you know, just electronic instruments. It, they are a bit stiff at times. They have their place like everything, but uh, but sounds like we're in the same camp. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, not to say that it's not absolutely great to have all these opportunities to program instruments and to use them. I mean, without the technology that we have right now, so many of us wouldn't be able to make music because you just need a laptop and some plugins now. And you used yeah. to need all these physical things and this like huge studios. And it ma it's made music accessible for so many people and there's so much great music out there thanks to the technology and thanks to programming drums. And there's people that are really great at it. I mean, you can't have a drummer, you can just use a program, you can program drums and you can get your music out there. And that's great. And that's and sometimes it sounds really, really good. It's, I think, a personal choice after all. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think one of the things, um, like I'm a big fan of um, doing very, very little um, post or pre-production anymore. It's like, okay, when I get the song to where I feel it has the energy, I've been just using acoustic guitar and voice. And then bringing it to a team and say, okay, let's build it from here. I already have mm-hmm. all the stops, the breaks, the, you know, all of the, the things in it that I, I want in it. And then um, do it all live. And then I'll take all those tracks back to my studio and I'll say, okay, what do I want to do here? Do I want to put in, play a lead guitar here? Or do I want to add background vocals or, or, you know, synthesizer or whatever? Mm-hmm. Or nothing. You know, maybe it's cool the way it is you know and but i think i think what you just said like taking a combination of technology and like you said you worked with um this gentleman who's uh from great britain and you guys did it um eric bay was it yeah um Mm -hmm. eric bay so you did it you did it sort of online and i've had a lot of success doing that it's like it's great because you you still get to keep the organic feel of everything you're building, but you get to work and, you know, we don't have to take, you know, spend $2,000 on an airfare back and forth, which isn't necessary, you know. It's a good exactly. time to it be makes creating. possible. Yeah. Um, we are all mad here. You want to set this up for us? <laughs> we are time. all mad here. <laughs> well, it's a mad song. How do I set it up? It's just mad. No, it's about madness. It's about diversity. We live in a world where sadly many people think that being different is not good. And there's many groups of people that are being discriminated for, I don't know, being from a different country or maybe loving someone they're not supposed to love apparently, which is absolutely stupid. I think yeah. everyone should be themselves and we should actually celebrate that. I have been, I have learned, as I said, I love teamwork and I love being with other people. I love learning from other people because it keeps you humble and it makes you grow. And the diversity that we have is nothing bad. It's actually good. It's good that I went to a school with 40 something nationalities because we're very international here. And over 40 people from different countries and with different religions and different beliefs and you can talk and you learn and you've got an open mind and it's so beautiful and it's worth celebrating it's not worth discriminating and that's why i wrote we're all mad here because it's just we're all mad here in different ways it's okay and we can be together even if we don't agree on everything we can still talk we can still sing amen we're all mad here we go Yeah. 
love that. I love the intro too with the trumpet in there. That is great. So who was on the trumpet? That's my, my music teacher, actually. The school I just mentioned, I, I went to art school for two years and my music teacher is really good jazz trumpet trumpetist. Can you say that? Trumpet player? Yeah. Uh, Eddie Vs. And he offered to play it and he came into the studio. We actually had the line on a synthesizer. We uh -huh. had the line and then he played it with the trumpet and was like, yes, this is what we need. Yeah. And when we play live, I sing the trumpet and it's very fun because oh, the really? last note is very high. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Hey, so you um this is this is really, really going um too too fast i could probably do a couple hours with you easily but um i wanted to touch on the fact that you are going to switzerland this spring is it or summer and and it's you're summer. gonna so you're In gonna June. do some touring there and some house concerts and so forth mm -hmm. and so tell us and about that yeah, in Germany and Switzerland, actually, I wow. I played a few house concerts in both countries uh, last November, and I really enjoyed it because, as I said, I, I consider myself a storyteller. I, I tell my stories through my songs, and playing a house concert is like this very small room, and people are very close to you, and you can tell your stories, you can feel the room, you can share them, and it's very, I think it's very appropriate. It's a very appropriate place to play my music and fun. So we decided to organize a tour in June. It will be in Germany and Switzerland in June from around the 6th of June till the 20-something. We don't have the last tour date yet. So we're still we're still booking. We have some dates set. Some are still open. I don't know if anyone from Germany or Switzerland listens to this, but you can hit me up if you want oh, to organize yes. something. Yes, they do. And it's... <laughs> It's a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it. It's just going to be my dad and I with our acoustic guitars and our stories to tell. And it's going to be great, I'm sure. Awesome. So exciting. Well, Luna, this was really, really wonderful. We're going to put all of your links to everything Luna Keller in the show notes uh, for everybody to uh, check out. And uh, by the way, your YouTube videos are awesome too, folks. Go over to uh, Luna's you. uh, YouTube channel. It's at Luna, Luna Keller, right? and everything Luna Keller, it's easy. So um, um, just very, very, so very, very impressed with everything you've done with your career thus far. And I know you're going to be a beacon of light for so many people out there who are aspiring to um, figure it out and get their artistry out there. So uh, I just wanna thank you and wish all of God's blessings on you, your music and your family, Luna Keller. Thank you very much. That was really, really lovely. Alice is in love with the Mad Hatter. I don't know where I'm going. Two chord song. And we're all mad here. These are the songs, the stories, the music of Luna Keller. We spoke about a lot of cool things today on the Dharmic Evolution songwriters talking about songwriters tenerife people with irish accents folk music how about the lumineers and dad is a critical piece to the luna sound yuli familiar i don't think i'm saying it right but he's part of the team teamwork is essential producers and engineers co-writing talking to a cheshire cat where do you want to go Nature Preserves, the second largest carnival in the world. I've got to get there. <laughs> write three songs a day, says Ed Sheeran. Doesn't matter if they're good, just write them. 
How about using clap sounds with a deck of cards? Now that's creative. Diversity is good. Hope you guys enjoyed this visit with Luna Keller on the Dharmic Evolution. Check out all of the show notes to find her links, where all her music is, and check out her website. It's very, very cool. LunaKeller.com, just like it sounds. L-U-N-A-K-E-L-L-E-R.com. If you've been a fan of this show, The Dharmic Evolution, or you've been a guest on this show, please go over to the Dharmic Evolution Facebook community page. And uh, way in there, you can post your content. If you're an artist, author, speaker, thought leader, put your content up there. If you had a new book, uh, new presentation going on, playing a gig somewhere, do you have a new album out? Do you have a new video? Um, do you have a photo shoot that you just did? Put your content up there and get support from people around the world. And uh, also, go to dharmicevolution.com and check out the 257, is it 67? 259 shows of all of the artistry and all the things I just described on the Facebook community page. You can find over there. And you'd be surprised at the talent that we find from around the world is just amazing. So please do that. That's a wrap for me today. I'm your host for the Dharmic Evolution, James Kevin O'Connor, singer, songwriter, audio, video artist, master storyteller, and international talent agent. So until next time, when we meet again, I'll either see you on the socials or I'll see you from the stage. <laughs>